0: What's going on everybody this is Dean with Blue Ridge Overland Gear and welcome to the fourth installment of our video on trail etiquette. This video is going to be on campsite etiquette and since the overland adventure lifestyle is kind of that intersection between off-roading and camping camping does play a large role in what we do but a lot of these campsite etiquette things apply to any type of camping that you might be doing and the first one that I'm going to talk about is group size just like with traveling in a convoy like we mentioned in the last video you want to keep your group camping size small because you want to mitigate and limit the impact of the campsites and that plays a role in the dispersed and primitive campsites that we like to enjoy now there is a very big difference between dispersed camping and primitive camping All dispersed camping is primitive, but not all primitive camping is dispersed. I'll say that one more time. All dispersed camping is primitive, but not all primitive camping is dispersed and what I mean by that is again the difference between what you can do on the west coast and what you can do on the east coast. Here on the east coast our public land is very very limited. It's also regulated pretty tightly. So in my home neck of the woods up in Pennsylvania we have Michaud State Forest and there are a lot of primitive campsites but they're designated if you are camping in a vehicle. There are 25 campsites, they're numbered, their locations are very specific. However, if you are hiking or backpacking, you can do what's called dispersed camping, and that is basically off of the trails, things like the Appalachian Trail or some of the other mountain trails, you can dispersed camp, but that's only if you are backpacking. Out West, things are a little bit different. On BLM land, you can dispersed camp out of your vehicle, but there are some regulations as to how long you can stay. There's also some recommendations that you rotate your campsite, again, to mitigate the impact. And one of the things you wanna be mindful of along with that is that in some areas for dispersed or primitive camping, it's first come first serve, but in some other areas, it is actually required for you to have a permit. Now again, using the example of Michaux State Forest, just because I'm very familiar with that, I know that the primitive campsites in Michaux State Forest require a permit. However, if you cross the valley, you go to the next mountain into Tuscarora State Forest, there's no permit. Those primitive campsites are first come first serve. So just something to be mindful of. In other areas in West Virginia where you're doing primitive camping, Um, In certain areas, they do require you to have a permit so that you're aware and also they can regulate how many people are out in a wilderness area at any given time. So there's just some of the things you wanna be aware of when you're picking your campsites and the type of camping that you're going to do. Now, one of the other things to be mindful of is in some areas you are not allowed to camp at trailheads or in parking lots, but in some areas you can. So again, do a little bit of homework and know where you're at, just like we said in the second video, a little bit of situational awareness, know what type of land you're on, use the resources available to you to know kind of what rights and privileges you have where you're at. Because in some areas you can set up campsite in a parking lot, in some areas you cannot. Another thing to be mindful of when you are camping is the use of things like ground mats, carpets, and tarps. Now, those things might seem nice for you to have as kind of a cushy glamping or home campsite type thing, but those things can actually have a negative impact on the environment. So if you're in a big grassy field and you put out a tarp and you let that thing sit for a day or two, you're gonna nuke the grass that's underneath it. Same thing when you're in a forest environment, if there's a lot of ferns or something like that and you throw down a nice little campsite carpet because you want a little home away from home, you're actually gonna do damage to that environment. So you wanna mitigate, again, Kind of what we were talking about in the first video with tread lightly and leave no trace. Those types of things also apply when you are camping because you want to mitigate any impact you might have on the campsite. And the last thing that I kind of hinted at a little bit earlier was rotating your campsites. There are some areas where you're allowed to camp for a maximum of 21 days. There are also some areas where they recommend or even require you to move your campsite every day. And again, that is to mitigate the impact Um, of your vehicle and your campsite, your tent, those sorts of things. And also it kind of relates to your group size. If you have a large group camped in one location for an extended period of time, you're gonna actually put ground paths and impact and stuff like that in that will take a little bit while uh, for that campsite to heal. The next thing has to do with spacing. Again, when you're out west or even in a campground or something like that, you don't want to camp on top of somebody. If somebody got there and they have this really scenic view, you don't want to just kind of go, hey, they picked the camp spot here for a reason and set up camp right next to them. That said, sometimes if you ask them, they might let you, but you don't want to make that assumption. Again, like we've said before in previous videos, be nice, smile, wave introduce yourself and just say, hey, is it okay if I set up camp near you or, or down from you? They might say, "Ah, eh, we kind of prefer to be by ourselves. Be respectful of that. You know, you want to make sure you're sharing, cohabitating, being respectful of each other because you want them to be respectful of you. Along with the lines of respect, be respectful of water. Um, freshwater sources, um, there's uh, principles and leave no trace, tread lightly. Um, with where you should be using the bathroom Um, also where you should be dumping things like gray water and definitely don't be dumping black water Um, there's designated locations for that but also you want to do your research to know if you can even dump gray water um, in certain areas some places do not allow you to do that Um, Also, you wanna make sure that that water doesn't have food waste or anything that might attract animals, because the last thing you wanna do is have a really cool campsite, then dump out dirty water from washing your dishes, and that's just gonna attract animals and make the next uh, group that camps there a little bit more unpleasant for them. Along with that, you want to mitigate noise. Like we've said in previous videos, things like vehicle noise, artificial noises like radios, or just being a loud rambunctious group has a negative impact on wildlife and can also have a negative impact on other campers and other people that are recreating in the outdoors. And so you want to kind of be respectful of that. A lot of people go to the outdoors to get away from those artificial noises, and they want to hear the natural noises um, or the lack of noise uh, where they're at. So the next piece about campsite etiquette has to do with fires and campfires are probably one of the most synonymous things with camping and people use them to cook on people use them just for ambiance but you want to be mindful of the impact that that fire is having on the environment and also on the campsite one of the things you want to make sure of is that you're having a fire only when and where permitted because there are certain areas where you are not allowed to have things like a hardwood fire so out west They're gonna restrict hardwood fires or charcoal fires because they give off embers and could spark wildfires. And sometimes things like propane fire pits are allowed and propane camp stoves are allowed but not cooking on hardwood so it's just kind of one of those things you want to be mindful of also in some areas where you have dispersed or primitive camping uh, sometimes you have an established fire ring and it's okay to use that and in some cases it's also okay to dig your own fire pit so long as you fill it back in and mitigate anything that might be damaging or any evidence of that fire and along with that you want to make sure that you're not putting any food waste into that fire or any uh, trash or anything like that because again that's just not good for the environment also it can attract animals and things like that one of the other things to be mindful of with campfires is campfire wood if you are allowed to have a wood fire one of the things you want to make sure of is that you are not transporting firewood from one campsite to another campsite because you can actually transport organisms you can transport pests invasive species, those sorts of things. So you never want to transport uh, campfire wood from one location to another. Now, speaking of campfire wood, one of the things that you want to be mindful of is, are what are the rules regarding gleaning firewood in your area? There are certain areas where the things like chainsaws are restricted and you need to have what's known as a Sawyer certification. Now, again, we're not attorneys, we're not law enforcement. Um, but it is one of the things that you wanna do a little bit of research, do a little bit of homework and know whether or not you're able to use something like a chainsaw on federal land or state land in whatever area you are traveling through. Now, the regulations are also sometimes different for things like hand saws. So you might be able to use a handsaw to clear a trail or something like that. Or glean firewood those sorts of things but again chainsaws might be restricted or maybe they're not restricted um, it's just one of those things a little bit of situational awareness know where you're at know the type of land you're on and what the rights and privileges are because the last thing you want to do is get fined for doing something that helped people out like clear a tree that was blocking a trail um, when you had the best of intentions but it was actually uh, not permitted for you to be able to do that. In some areas, you are able to glean deadfall, which means a fallen tree or fallen tree branches or things like that, but you are not allowed to actually physically cut down a tree. Know what type of land you want. Is it BLM land? Is it state land? Is it federal land? The last thing regarding campfire use is whether or not it's actually needed. Um, I know a lot of people enjoy having a campfire, but you want to kind of ask yourself, is this campfire for cooking or is this just really for ambience? And depending on what you're doing, you may want to mitigate the size or the impact that that fire is having based on the type of fire and the reason you're having that fire. Is it for cooking or is it just for fun? It's just something to be mindful of. So uh, the last thing that we're going to end on here on Campsite Etiquette is kind of the age old principle of leaving it better than you found it. And the kind of the corollary to this is, pack out what you pack in. I'm sure all of us have those horror stories of coming up on a campsite that's been trashed or something like that. And I know nobody likes picking up after other people, but the principle is to kind of leave it better than you found it because again we're all out here to enjoy the land we're all out here to have a good time and sometimes that does mean you have to pick up after somebody else but more importantly you need to pick up after yourself and that's why in some of the earlier videos we talked about things like having a plan tread lightly leave no trace and being able to pack out what you packed in and knowing well do you have to pack out just your regular trash or do you have to pack out human and animal waste You just gotta be mindful of those things. And that's why you see things like tire storage bags and trash bags are so popular and so ubiquitous amongst Overland Adventure travelers because that is a great location to carry your trash. It's not in your vehicle. It's not loosely tied on your roof rack. Not everybody has a pickup truck that they just throw a bag of trash in the back of the pickup truck. Um, But again, having some sort of bag on the outside of your vehicle attached to your spare tire or your ladder or your bumper or your tailgate or something like that is a great way for you to be able to pick up other people's trash, pick up your own trash, pack it out. Uh, which you packed in um, and ultimately leave it better than you found it. So, like I said, my name is Dean. This has been a segment by Blue Ridge Overland Gear on Trail Etiquette, and I hope you enjoyed this. If you have any other questions or comments, you can drop them down below. Make sure to like and subscribe.